um, just real quick, if you want to do a quick intro for, for those that may not know who you are and what you do. Definitely, definitely. Um, my name is Jason Haas. Uh, I went to Lamar High School and met Kephas and met Arsh through Kephas through that mutual. Um, I started doing photography about 10 years ago as well as music. And now I'm full-time at Lakewood Church doing cinematography and I day trade. Awesome, man. So how did you get started? Uh, cinematography. Cinematography. Okay, yeah. I started uh, about 10 years ago, and I was watching Pokemon videos on YouTube. And I, I wanted to start making, like, these Pokemon-themed videos. So I started downloading the emulators and ROMs and editing the text and editing the actual maps of the Pokemon game. So you could call me, like, Crazy. a developer. Mm-hmm. And I would, like, tell my own stories. I had about 100 subscribers back then in, like, what, 09? Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot back then. No, that's definitely <laughs> super early. It all spawned out of, you know, natural emotions after I started making those videos. Um, I was like, man, I want to do something physical with the camera instead of just editing on the physical computer. So I started, like, taking photos with my old Android phone. And Instagram just came out. And... All the girls back then, it was it was artsy. Like if you were artsy, that was like swag or whatever you call cool nowadays. Sorry, would you mind moving back a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we we can resume. From okay. Where you were you were talking about Instagram and um, how it was artsy in the beginning? Yeah, all the girls was like trying to be artsy, and I started just taking random photos, and I was downloading all of these editing apps and putting filters on it. I wasn't even taking pictures of anything of interest. It was like a wall or like you know, right, and by no means it was like it was just crappy phone photos but it was very different from what people were posting in middle school you know and then after that that's when it went to the next level i stayed consistent with that and then my senior year i was able to get a hands on a dslr and i just started i it just took me to the next level from a phone to a camera and i was taking all these photos zooming in zooming out and people started asking me to do their graduation photos i was like cool you can make money with this i was just doing it for fun started taking everybody's graduation pictures, and then it really started to uh, get publicity. I started taking uh, videos on my iPhone of Lamar's football games, and I'd make these videos every week, like a recap, you know, that the NFL would do, which is like a high school version, and it got a lot of retweets, and one of them got over 1,000. It was the one versus Bel Air, actually. <laughs> I got to show you. I got to show it to you. It was, I think the score was 76-3. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and then people were like, oh, and I made a beat on one of the videos because I play piano. And the, rap, the they were, uh, football team was trying to rap over it. And they are like, hey, make this track longer. And, hey, can you shoot my music video? And it just started to get overwhelming. I was getting a lot of clients. So... And then I just kind of kept doing it, um, and I met a lot of people along the way and been networking, and I've been in places that I shouldn't be. But since I do photos and videos, like, mm-hmm. people are bringing me in there to be with these, like, celebrities and, like, you know. I think I saw something about Kanye as well, Yeah, right? yeah, that, only because I do photography and video. That's amazing, man. <laughs> for I want to say I think it's really valuable for for the listeners to kind of understand that you were doing this when nobody was paying you and you were doing this because you wanted to right like most people would shy away from making a recap it seems like work but you actually took initiative to do that because why 
it was just fun and it it put smiles on people's faces and people enjoyed it and the craziest thing is is i don't even watch sports i have no interest in sports like i mean like i I appreciate lebron and you know like it's i I just don't watch sports but i was going to these football games and i I was playing cymbals and band and xylophone and different things and then i moved around i was uh with one of the teachers and they ran the flag before the football game and you know when we do touchdowns yeah i think we were called the lamar rangers and then I got tired of running the flag. I said, I'm, I'm just record some clips. And I was recording the guys and the band and the football team. And some girls I had a crush on, I'd go record them. <laughs> Try to talk to them. It was an icebreaker, you know. And it, it really spawned something great. And a lot of people got an enjoyment out of that. All free. And it was just fun. Right. Uh, so what is so fulfilling about it for you? I think it's... It's like a way, it's like an outlet in a way because I'm introverted. I'm not really a person to go talk to strangers. I'm pretty shy. And like, I don't know what to talk to. Like, oh, what am I talk to them about? Okay, if they don't like a specific interest that I love, then it's going to be hard for me to talk to them about something I really don't care about. You right. know what I mean? So instead of like talking to them, I could just capture these moments and they'll appreciate them. Because they're in them, you know what I mean? And everybody, it's it's good feelings you're capturing. So it's just great to see, like, their smiles on their face. And then it's a way to me, a way of me communicating instead of, you know, verbally. Right. And so how would you say you developed your ability to communicate then? What were you inspired by? What were you referencing, uh, learning from? As far as uh, inspiration back then, um... I don't think I really had any inspiration back then. I was just just doing it, you know, just like I don't know how to talk to these group of people, but I'm gonna just come with this phone or mm-hmm. camera, you know, and like we'll see what goes from there, you know. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, like almost being a little bit naive, not overthinking the whole thing, and just kind of doing it. Um, and I've seen the overthinking aspect be a deterrent for a lot of people in life, where. If you become, I guess if you grow up, you lose that childlike spirit of just diving into your interests. And the more you think uh, about all the risks associated with things, you kind of just prevent yourself from exploring, um, you know, topics of interest. And I think it's, it's, I think art and expressing yourself visually or through any artistic medium, um, you definitely retain your childlike spirit. So what would you say is your balance with that? with retaining that essence but also understanding that you can make this a business you have to communicate in a business way it's like stuff like definitely um it's interesting because a lot of my friends like get on me for being childish and gullible and all of these different things and i'm 100 percent a risk taker um you know just kind of feeding back off of what I said earlier, it's just like when you're capturing these moments, it's like nostalgic and you want to go back and replay those moments. And like, I'm very nostalgic. I listen to the same song. I, I'm not even kidding you thousands of times. Like I listen to over my dead body by Drake thousands of times and replaying those moments is just great. Like I love that moment and I'm able to go back to it. And I feel that's very like childlike because you know, when you're an adult, you have to, there's change and you have to move on and you got to stay strict, you know, with 
photography and stuff, I can capture a moment and I can always go back and look at it. And I just love the past, love, love that. Uh, I'm always showing my friends, hey, you remember this video? And they're like, move on, man. <laughs> and I was like, but that was a fun time, you know? Right. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. And that's, we, we see that in the Kanye documentary, right? Just moments. Every moment is a moment. I yeah. mean, every, every uh, I guess, um, how would I even describe it? Every um, frame, I guess, is a moment or whatever. You understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's like everything you're watching is a moment. And it's, um, it's a beautiful thing to have that, to be able to reference it and to be able to learn from it and be inspired by it. Um, so moving on in that journey, how do you get to investing and trading? So as a lot of people know, if you choose to take a career that is within art, it does not pay a lot <laughs> unless you work with high-paying clients. So that's when I really woke up. It was the fun shooting music videos and all that stuff as a kid, Instagram followers. Then it finally hit me like, okay, well now like this doesn't really pay a lot if I'm, you know, especially in the field that the stuff I was sh shooting, you know, music videos, you don't really get paid a lot. And if there is a rapper or a client that the label's paying for it. So nine times out of 10, if you see a music video, that videographer is not getting paid. He's getting paid dirt. I, I've talked to a lot of people. I've, 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 I've taken the dirt. Yeah, I'll do it for you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's, what does that look like, by the way? Like, that, yeah. like a dirt price? Mm -hmm. I mean, fr from, I mean, anybody could understand, okay, I got to drive to three locations. I have to haul XYZ equipment. I have assistance, depending on their budget. But let's just say they have a bare bones budget. Anything under a thousand to shoot a music video is, is absolutely dirt. Because if I have to go to three locations, that's all that gas, especially in Houston. Are they in the suburbs? Are they downtown? Pearland, Atascacita? There's, you know, and then the editing and then the shooting. And then these aren't clients. These are just people. And right. they're like, hey, change this, change that, change this. And then they, you send it to them and they're like, okay, we'll change that again. And it's just so much in place, you know. When it Absolutely. comes to producing a video, and it's a lot of headache, and there's, and the thing is, doing video, it's not cheap. People want good quality videos. Well, you need good quality equipment. So after spending over ten thousand dollars of computers, your car, you know, your camera, and then you're getting paid like five hundred bucks to edit a video, people are like, oh, it's just three minutes. All you had to do is. It's a lot more intricate than it, it seems. Like all of the color grading and the LUTs and the effects and after effects and rendering this out. And it's just, yeah, anything over, under a thousand for any type of video, right. music video, commercials, anything of that sort. And I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, hey, I want to get XYZ. And I'm like, if you're going to do this photography business, especially video, get one camera, but then all of the other gear that you get obsessed to buy, just rent it. It's not worth it. I've been in thousands of dollars of debt trying to keep up, you know, buying this high quality equipment and trying to please these clients and die on referrals so I can get mm -hmm. the next gig. Literally starving artists and like, oh, how am I going to pay this XYZ off, you know? It's, a, it's an absolute headache. And that's when I had to grow up is that the fun videos cannot support a life, you know? I think that's a very, you know, 
good realization to have, especially if you're talented and you realize that you've got to do something else to make money so that you can continue doing what you really want to do. And eventually you'll get to a point where this pays your bills and allows you to live a lifestyle. Um, I want to dive into um, all the other in- intricacies when it comes to shooting and editing. I think editing is where you really get humbled, in my opinion, in my brief um, experience editing is really when you realize if you really want to do this or not, like if you're really passionate, because it's not fun necessarily. If you want to talk more on how it's not fun and what what are all the the behind-the-scenes kind of things that people don't necessarily get to hear about. Yeah, with with video editing, it's funny because there's people who are phenomenal at photography, but they're not so good at video. And then you have people who are phenomenal at video, but not so good at photography. Then you have people who are phenomenal shooters with video, but not really good with editing. So I've kind of bounced around from all of those places. Um, when I started shooting video, my computer just couldn't handle anything. I couldn't export it. I'm trying to scrub on the timeline. It's like lagging. I'm like, I hate editing because the computer sucks. So then I, I would start to do uh, shoots more often to escape and like well the computer sucks i hate editing i can't do all of these effects so you know shot more gigs then i finally got a really good computer even after getting the fast computer everything was smooth playback and all of those different things now it's just like a whole new tedious world on after effects where you're masking out things frame by frame and color grading a specific subject in the video and then i'm like dang this is a lot more work than I thought. Mm-hmm. And then I would try to ex- execute these effects. And like even then, like, man, this doesn't look good. It doesn't look like Marvel. Like I did this green screen thing, and I still see like some green floating right here. And then I kind of like left editing, and then I started doing photography. Because the cool thing with photography, you just capture a moment. And then I'm not making it that easy, but like, you know, you capture right. a moment, you put a preset and all of these film stocks or whatever however you're editing and you're like man that's beautiful you know with video to get it to a place it's it's just a lot that goes into video especially as like the quality i guess keeps improving everybody's making dope videos now yeah um when we have you know we see all these um pieces of software that allow an average person to do what used to take um a professional hours to do I think we that simplicity is beneficial, but also creates, in my opinion, an artificial benchmark, an artificial sort of ceiling to to aspire to reach and break every time. Yeah. And uh, how do you navigate through that? Like, what's your style? How did you develop your style? Yeah, so since obviously budget was a huge barrier for me, I had to really work with what I had. And I would watch these YouTube tutorials, and I remember I hacked my Canon T5i to get this thing called uh, Cine Light or Cine, Cine something. I forgot what it was. Magic Lantern, that's what it's called, to hack the cam so I can shoot a higher frame rate. That's and crazy. it would enable raw recording and, like, uh, flat profiles. And, like, I, I was pushing it, really pushing it and looking at DIY things, and I finally was able to make it work, you know. It still wasn't as good as like a cinema, a Hollywood studio, but it was definitely better since I did that extra me- research and took the extra mile. But, yeah. No, uh, and that kind of allowed you to, I guess, figure out how you want to communicate, right? Yeah. Your style, because 
what I observe, I'm not too familiar with this space. I don't have that much knowledge in this, but I see a lot of people have different styles of how they shoot, what kind of colors they want to use and stuff like that. Um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm talking about something that isn't really, um, as prevalent as I think, but. Oh, no, no, no. That's definitely very important. And everybody has a different style. Um, after you, you know, get acquainted with your equipment and like, okay, I don't have a gimbal, so I can't get, there's a lot of, uh, like Gibson hazard, right? He's a very, uh, well-known concert videographer. He did this edit with, uh, I think his name is rapper's name black, but it's with a six. And then he did Uzi and then he did all of these different people. And a lot of it was with uh, hyperlapse and using a gimbal, getting those smooth speed ramp shots. And it's also kind of similar to Sam Colder, another really good, but it, it requires hyperlapses and gimbals to get those, that speed ramp shots. And if you don't have the equipment, then you can't emulate that. So you, I kind of lean on other styles. So for example, if you're on Vimeo, a lot of the, and I'm, I'm calling them cinematographers because their stuff is phenomenal. They shoot primarily on tripods. They don't shoot with gimbals they, they might use a steady cam for a shot or two but primarily everything is just on a stick a tripod and, right. it's, and it's composed like okay rule of thirds we have somebody in the middle so that's the style i lean towards because i didn't have a gimbal and i like that cinematic style there wasn't crazy effects going on because i told you i didn't like doing a lot of those crazy so. effects I, I appreciate it i just don't have the patience to recreate that so I really love the cinematic style with the tripods, rule of thirds. My favorite thing. Right. And, uh, speaking of patience, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that's it. Yeah. Speaking of patience, um, can you recall a time where your patience was tested? I'm sure you've had many instances, but any memorable ones where you're like, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore? Definitely. Um, I don't want to call it patience, though, because I actually like kind of quit on it. You know, I, I, I went out of that space of trying to build a production company and doing that media work. And that's how I got into day trading. I was just like, how can I live a life where I have the freedom to do my passion but still survive, you know? So that's how my friend, he told me about options trading. And his boss flipped his stimulus check from 1200 to 10000 in two weeks. And I was just like, I don't know what he's telling you, man. Sounds like a scam. And then he brought me over and he was showing me the cash. I was like, okay, like I see it. Crazy. And then he showed me the transactions he's made on Robinhood. And he's like, oh, I'm in this Discord. I'm paying 100 bucks a month to these guys. They tell me what to buy and I just buy it. So that's what he did. It was stimulus check. And I'm like, okay, like I'm going to try this thing out. And since I had an LLC for my production company, an EIN tax number, I qualified for Biden's disaster fund relief. And it, it's not an SBA loan. It's not a PPP loan. Disaster fund relief, free money, a grant. And I qualified and I got 10K cash. And I was like, okay, let's try this day trading thing out. I got money that I didn't work for. So if it disappears, it's gone. Right. And I saw success within the first month. It was absolutely insane. So it was right after the pandemic. I got that uh, grant and the stock market was just, just Everything's gone. down, right? Yeah. Right after. Yeah, it was down, and then but then it just started mm -hmm. rising. And then Trump was saying all this stuff and tweeting this, and we were just going higher and higher and higher. And I remember I was on my Robin Hood at work, and the guys was just looking at my phone. They were, I was like, look, I'm up 3000 
4,000, 5,000, 6,000. And it was like, we were just watching it like a jackpot. It's a crazy <laughs> feeling. Yeah, no, it's, it's an unreal feeling. Um, for those that are listening that have traded options or know what I'm talking about, what we're talking about, it's, it's an insane feeling. And you could definitely get addicted to wanting that dopamine rush, wa- watching your uh, calls go up or whatever. And it's... Um, you you do have to learn, right? You have to educate yourself along this process. You don't want to just go in blindly because it is a lottery ticket at the end of the day if you go in without yeah. managing your risk properly. So how did you start like uh, educating yourself? On this? <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, you better educate yourself because I was getting lucky. I was getting lucky. I would I would look at these analysts. They would they would say buy this, and I was just buying it blindly. Then. After my account was pretty big, I said, I'm brave enough to take my own play. I bought this Amazon call for eight grand. It expired that week, that same week. Fuck. That thing expired worthless. And I didn't even cut because I was such a sore loop. I'm only down 2K. I still got 6K left in the position. I did not cut the loss. I let it expire worthless. worthless. I, was, I was like, it's going to come back by Friday. It's going to come back. And it did not come back. And this was just pure gambling at this point. I was just like... Oh, Amazon's pretty low. I'm a bet on it going up. Nope. Just kept kept going down. And I didn't know about a stop loss and risk management and actually trading. I was just betting. I wasn't right. actually using technical analysis. I didn't consider the news. None of that. It was so that's when my luck ran out. Luckily I wasn't in with my whole portfolio. And I I start learning after that huge loss. Because I, I think I had about thirty K in there after getting it up on those previous plays and then I had 8k so I only had like about 22k left I was like dang I was like if I was in with any the whole thing I would have been broke you know and then that's when I started learning I was in this other chat I was paying like $500 a month and this this guy was uh his dad worked at Wall Street and he got his son an internship at Wall Street and he bet on this uh, tech company he turned like 50k into a million and it sounds like unrealistic but if you know about options and zero dte zero days till expiration the closer the expiration expiration the higher amount or loss you'll make or lose and the something happened with the company where there was a new ceo and they bought this company and it closed and the stock shot through the roof and the option calls went exponential and i've been learning from him because you know the internship at wall street and he's made me like the trader i am today and then I noticed uh, I would put signals in his chat. Like, hey, guys, I'm getting in here. And we would hop in the little lobby call on Discord. I was like, hey, I'm going to buy these spy calls uh, right here. I'm in with three grand. Oh, I just made 10%. I'm out. Quick 300 in like right. five minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. And like these people were taking my place and they were DMing me. And they're like, oh, man, like you should start your own chat. Like how did you do this with QQQ or S&P 500 and, uh, and Amazon? And I'm like, dang, like this is a lot of questions and these are a lot of people. And I made my own chat, Genesis. So it just it's crazy. Like I was learning from him and he taught me well. And now I'm doing the same thing, you know? No, it's amazing, man. And I've talked about this before, but if people learn how to trade or anyone learns how to trade efficiently, you can really just, you don't have to work. Like if you know what you're doing, it's, especially with options. Yeah. But again, you have to be very, very careful. You can't just, yeah. what you did with Amazon, <laughs> I would not recommend. Um, end of week or end of day or end of week. 
I bought it on Wednesday and into into the end of the week. Oh man. Yeah, so you I bought was it on just Wednesday walking. too, by the way. Huh? That's another important point. You bought it on Wednesday. Yeah, I bought it on Wednesday. Eight grand. And it just I just watched it fall all day. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't cut. Sore loser. That's the thing with trading. You just you gotta be a robot at the computer. You gotta have calm emotions. Because yep. when I was trading for a dollar amount or like, oh man, I wanna buy this camera. I need to make 3K today. I need to buy this lens or whatever that my thought process was back then. It, it, it caused me to lose more money. And then when I didn't trade like that, I was just like, I'm going to trade the trade. I'm not going to trade the P&L. So I'm going to play this breakout with XYZ risk management on this specific stock at this time. And I have goals. You know, like I'm going to take profit here. I'm going to set a stop loss there. And that's when I really made money. Staying consistent. No emotions, setting rules, not buying something and watching it go up. You're buying it, you hit your level, you're out. That's how you make money in the market. Guys will go in super heavy, and they're not trading the specific levels. They're in the chop, and it'll go up here and then fall back down here, and they're just getting beat up, and they just lose money, and like, and they're in heavy too. Then when they lose, they get in heavier to try to make back what they lost, and it's just an endless cycle of revenge trading. And that's why I, what I teach the guys in Genesis, like you got to have risk management and you got to have a plan. And and they they have been seeing success. It's yeah. it's crazy. And the, one of the testimony, like it's my testimony. This guy in my chat right now, Stephen, I I'm in a photography Discord. I hit up. I was just marketing, like, hey, check out my Discord, join it. It's X Y Z a month. And I was like, I know you guys are broke because I did photography. <laughs> I know y'all need money. And the guy joined in November. He learned. And early February, he passed the evaluation test. He got funded. And he has 12K in his account within the past four weeks. He started like learning in November, pra- uh, paper trading. And then he got funded by the firm early February. And what is it? Like late February. Yeah, he's up like 12K. And like he's like, I can't believe it. So explain that a little more. I saw on your, um, I think, story how you can, you you can trade with without your own money or you know not by your own money. Yeah. So OPM, other people's money. Uh, it's a proprietary trading firm called Top Step. You pay them for the evaluation test. So you'll pay them at the time right now. It's three hundred and seventy five dollars a month. There is no time limit. You just have to prove to them that you can trade. And if you mess up, if you lose a lot of money, like if you break the rules, like you can't lose all this money, you know, there's very uh, strict rules. Like you can't lose this money. You can't trade during news. You can't trade after 3 p.m. There's all of these rules. So once you pass the test without breaking those rules, you get access to $150,000 in cash. And it's in a separate account. Obviously, you can't just withdraw it. And, right. Yeah. So you have access to 150 k to trade with. So now… Rinse and repeat. The same thing that you were doing on the test is the same thing you're doing with the real money. Now you actually make the real money, and it's an 80-20 split. And so if you make 1000 you get 800 they get 200 Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, luckily, you're on the 80% 80, 80 mm-hmm. side. And I've been telling the guys in the chat, once you make about ten to fifteen k you can put that in your own portfolio, and now you can start trading 100% your money. And you can withdraw right away. And also, no rules either. So. That's what they've been following this – basically what I did in a sense. So you did the same thing? You, you passed well, the evaluation and stuff? I actually I, – I had that 10K first from the disaster fund. Yeah. 
I traded with that, made a lot of money, lost some money, X, Y, Z. And um, I heard about this firm and I was like, I'll try this out because I was considering on getting a personal loan through my business tax CIN. I was going to get about 35000 I was like, I'll just trade with that. But I don't want to have that emotional Dang, like if I lose this money, I'm going to have to pay back. Yeah, so I'd be stressed trading it. I was just like, you know what? I know how to trade. Let me try this thing out. And I've, I've passed. And I've made money. I've withdrawn. And I'm basically trying to teach people that, hey, you can do this too. If you love photography, great. Keep loving it. And this can help support you so you don't have to do and accept gigs that you don't want to do. Like if you don't want to shoot that wedding, you don't want to shoot that music video, you don't want to shoot this commercial interview, whatever it is. Whatever. If you want to just make videos, YouTube videos, whatever it is, like, like you can do that by trading because that'll fund, you know, your life. You know. Absolutely, man. And how could they get started if they're interested in joining your Discord or learning more about it? Definitely. So I'm gonna have a coupon code. Hey, you're in the chat. You'll have a coupon code, an affiliate type of thing. Uh, if they want to join, they'll just go to the Instagram. The link's in the bio. But whoever's listening to this will get 10% off on their uh, monthly subscription. Um, and a big thing is uh, the monthly subscription is just like, dang, like $200 a month. You'll make that in the first second of trading. Once you're funded, you'll make it in the first second. And you can ask Steven. The, the monthly subscription is nothing at that point. You have this community and education, and I'm signaling as well. Like, hey guys, I'm getting in here. You know, you're paying for the right. education, the community, and the signals. So, right, absolutely, and I think the education part is extremely important. Um, and I admire that because a lot of people will just give symbols or tickers and be like, "This is where I'm getting in," and not really educate the the customer on um, how to actually trade and stuff like that. Yeah. You have to – it's like driving a car. You need to know how to drive. Just because you see the destination, well, do you know how to put it in gear and, like, put your foot on the gas and, wait, hold on. You're coming up to a stoplight. Same thing with trading. Like, that might not be a good setup to trade. And I verbalize everything on the mic. Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 10, we trade that first hour and a half. You're getting everything raw. So – and they can hear my computer when I'm in. I'm out. I'm sending screenshots. I'm up three grand. What's good? I'm out for today. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Right. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Um, just let everybody know where they can find you, what the Instagram is, anything else. Yeah, so the Instagram is Genesis Trading LLC. That's the at. And same thing for the website, GenesisTradingLLC.com.